Hello and welcome to the Big Boss Book Club. Don't you hate it when you're trying to keep your cards protected and you just can't find a reliable folder or deck box? Well, Voltex are a UK-based gaming accessories company that offer an assortment of accessories such as folders, deck boxes and sleeves. And I'm happy to say that I'm now an affiliate for this fantastic company. Uh, this means that my listeners and followers in the UK can use the code BIGBOSSVX on VOLTX.com to get a 10% discount on their order. This will not only get you a discount on their awesome range of products, but will also help support the show directly. And you can also access the affiliate link via my link tree on all my social media accounts. Also, for any followers or listeners in the United States, you can also take advantage of this via Amazon.com. Using the code BIGBOSSVX, you will also get a cool 10% off your Voltex products and again, directly help support the show. Again, that's BIGBOSSVX to get 10% off your order with Voltex. Protect, organize, play. And welcome back. Okay, so this week we're going to be looking finally at Disney Locarna uh, by Ravensburger. Um, now, we held off on this one, really, um, just to try and get a little bit more info on the game cards and how it's all going to come together, and even sort of things like pricing. The gameplay has now finally been revealed, which has taken a hell of a long time. <laughs> so we're going to take a look at that as well. Um, so who is we? Well, this time around, I'm discussing this uh, elusive game with the elusive man from the booth our senior vp of creative editing uh, dj jazzy jim uh, jim how's it going dude very well thank you thanks for having me on this one yeah yeah no longer the man in well you're still the man in the booth but you're, you're doing it from the booth in the booth on the booth around the booth pulling double duties here pulling double duties <laughs> um we've obviously spoken a little bit about this game anyway We've been tracking this since it was announced back, what, last summer? August. August 22. Um, it feels like it feels like that's gone really quickly. Because when we first saw this announced, it was kind of like, ooh, okay. Because Ravensburg is not known for doing... This is their first trading card game, isn't it? That's right, yeah. So they're more known for board games or sort of product you buy and that's it, or may have box expansions. So actually closer to a living card game type environment, but more for a casual play-at-home audience, not organised play, anything to that level. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're known probably best to your audience for Villainous. So they've done the original Disney version, about four or five expansions to that. Got Marvel Villainous, I think has a few expansions as well now. Yes, it does, yeah, yeah. And also there's done a Star Wars version as well. Yeah, I didn't actually know about that until the other day. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, because usually I would probably know about that. But yeah, I noticed the other day that there was a Star Wars one. I don't think that's got any expansions yet, though. I think it's just, just the core box, I think. As far as I'm aware, it's only the core box, but it's that sort of end of the Villainous product I've not really kept on top of. But um, yes, this is the first time for 
them to for Rave Burger to get involved in a trading card game, I should say. And yeah. they say they're going to support um casual and organized play. So it's gonna be interesting because it's um they want to compete with magic. They want to yeah. get, in, get into that space. Um get some of that Hasbro money. I, I was going to save this question for later on, but I'll throw it out now, actually. Do we think that... Because I read... I think it was like IGN, I think, was where I first read it. And they were saying, oh, you know, they want to compete with Magic. Do we think that's maybe biting off a little bit more than they can chew? <laughs> Should it be like, we're going to try and compete with Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Is... is, is, oh, is I it... think... <laughs> by the nature of being a trading card game that is that has organized play is you have to compete with magic it's inevitable that it, you're mm. in their market but being that it's disney it's actually probably going to be more aimed at pokemon's market yeah more more younger definitely more the younger, younger generation audience. yeah so i think if anything, that's where the competition is going to be, rather than the top end of um, Magic, even Yu-Gi-Oh! or any of the Bandai anime games. I think it's more Pokemon's younger generation and mm. us who have nostalgia for, for Disney characters. Yeah, because obviously I've had on um, Pat Shaw from Off The Rails TCG and we, we dove a little bit into Lokana, because he's him and his wife are doing a Lokana podcast. Um, you made me ink on YouTube um, via Off the Rails TCG. Very good podcast. Listen to it now. I think they've done three episodes now at the point of us recording this. Um, and he said himself, like it's almost going to be like a family thing. Like even his daughter's like, hey, there's a Disney card game coming out. I want in, you know, and his wife's like, I'm really excited. This is going to be awesome. He's like, great, let's get on it. It sounds like it's going to be like a family. They're going to sit around the, you know, the, the, the dining table or whatever and, and, and crack these, these cards. So I don't know. I think that's maybe where I'm thinking, like, is it really competing with magic? Cause it feels like a different, diff- I guess it's the same. Well, the same way Pokemon competes with magic. Yeah. In that they're both trading card games, and there's only people only have so much money for for this product for Oof. that the hobby. You're telling me <laughs> this well, this I... game is is pulling pulling every <laughs> every last fiber of my uh, my budget per month. Yeah, um, but I don't I don't think you'll find that many of you guess that you know from Flesh and Blood will be jumping into this. It may not be that audience. No, just Pat. No, um, there's been a few people I've noticed from the Flesh and Blood um, uh, sphere who have, like um, Matt DeMarco, who's called Flake. Um, he's he's been doing a podcast about Disney Locana for for a, a hot minute now. Um, yeah, there's a Is few. Is that from... more because it's a big name and they want to be in on the doorstep? Quite possibly, quite possibly. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, I think yeah. It, it, some of it's just hedging bets in case it does become a, it does pop off. Yeah, I mean, maybe you... when when me and Pat spoke, 
we, we mentioned this because I said, you know, you've got your, your Disney Lord Card podcast. And he was like, yeah, that's why we haven't really been doing much with it because there isn't much to talk about. No, so that's why about... we waited so long to do yeah. anything on it. But we've been, you've been talking about doing this since it was announced. And I've been saying, at least wait for the rules. So we, we're not just fancy booking like we do wrestling. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, that's that's kind of what they've done. So they've released the, the, a few episodes, but every episode's had quite a lot of content in it because of what they've been able to cover more. So, but they, I, I've seen podcasts popping up and and Instagram pages and and stuff like that popping up now. So yeah, I think I think there's maybe a bit more wide sphere. Um, I've seen a fair few people are going into like what you said, like the Bandai kind of the anime kind of games but probably a little bit more but yeah they seem more for an adult audience there's certainly mm. just look at the cards there's a lot more words oh it's a <laughs> lot of words so much text reminded me of like end of day well virtual raw deal just just a mountain of text and even Yu-Gi-Oh like I'm gonna say in terms of anime that. games the king of too much text is Yu-Gi-Oh yeah, so this was released by yeah, first announced back in August last year. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, Ravensburger, Villainous. You, I've got randomly this Jurassic Park game that Vicky, uh, my partner, got me for uh, uh, for Christmas a couple of years ago. I didn't realize that was Ravensburger. <laughs> Rooting through the cupboard the other day, doing some sorting. I was like, they're everywhere, Ravensburger. They've been around for a, for a very very long time. I'm actually quite surprised it's taken them this long to get into the trading card game if that makes sense to forgive the pun yes yeah it sounds like the wanting to do the family market just stay there do board games and that sort of license just deal with licensed product and maybe yeah. it took quite a while for disney to even let anyone do a tcg i mean some of their ips that they own are with FFG, Fantasy Flight Games, which we'll go into a little bit later on. So yeah, I suppose they don't even necessarily and like Versus System is Marvel, which again is, is owned by Disney. Yeah, um, but I mean in terms of the main Disney license. Yeah. Mickey, the Disney princesses. Mm. They started to do it a bit more the last few years, sort of doing like mobile gacha games in like Japan. Yes. Um, so, but I think they've always been a bit on the edge about doing uh, anything that might look like gambling in the West. <laughs> so, just like opening a booster pack is, in essence, it's a loot box. It's gambling. You don't know what you can get out of it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is the first time they've really done it with the Disney characters, the Disney universe as it is that brand. Mm. I am interested to see what will happen. As uh, if you're gonna do a, if you're gonna have a successful, in theory, a successful trading card game, you might as well have Disney backing you, haven't you? Do you know what I mean? If you're gonna have anybody behind you saying, "Hey, we want to make a trading card game," it might as well be Disney, isn't it? <laughs> there, there is that for, as a business partner. Um, at least you've got the security of knowing that brand isn't going anywhere. It's going to stay popular. However, how protective are they? But again, in, again, in the last few years, it sounds like, well, appearances from outside, it seems they've been a bit more loose with how they, how they do, how they let people use their characters. Like you've got yeah. the villainous 
games, you've got the villainous books, like the other side books. Um, do more YA sort of stuff. Yeah. Let's just see. So we'll have a look at the um the game anyway. So we'll jump in. So we've already sort of said about magic. So magic obviously has colours. Um like they're different types of um spell, isn't it, in magic? Um, yeah, so you have you have your five colours sort of all with a, a distinct theme and how and they played slightly differently in each colour and yeah, so I think what most people are seeing with Lokana is that it is very or it's not particularly distinct from magic, put it that way. No, but not to be outdone, they're going with six colours. <laughs> have we got six, have we? Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about this, I thought it was five, but it's not six. So we've got amber, steel, ruby, sapphire, emerald, and amethyst. Yeah. So this time we're going off with six. I guess they've got the they've got the material to pull it off, haven't they? They've, I mean, I know Magic's got five, but... You know, the how many they've got things like dual dual classes and triple classes and, and all sorts. So they've they've got a much more probably variance in terms of their cards at this point. Well, we're they're probably over into six digits in the number of cards they've released over the past thirty years, so Yeah. Whereas the card at the moment is two hundred and something cards. Yeah, so I guess six factions probably feels good as a nice starting point i think you... yeah it's, it's good because good going into the, the deck building that we know about is six is 60 cards in a deck mm. uh, a maximum of four of any one card yeah. and in terms in terms of the deck building the strategy there is that you can only use any two colors yes yeah nice see so, you know i actually like a part of me doesn't like it but a part of me really likes it <laughs> so i'm a big mono guy so like if i'm building like so you enjoy example, a good theme yeah i love a good theme for a deck like versus system is probably the best example of this so versus system like old school upper deck original not two player card game for two to four players but old school versus system i would have a faction and that would be the faction of the deck I wouldn't have, but when me and Rob, we went to, um, I think it was in like Sheffield, we went to a tournament in Sheffield, and I remember playing against a guy who every character he put out was a different faction. And I was like, come on, dude, this is, pick pick a side and stick to it. Um, every single one of my characters is Thunderbolt, what are you playing at? You know, um, but that was how people played. And, it, and I know from speaking to Martin that there are like, five color magic decks it's like oh come on just 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 pick a faction and, <laughs> and stick to it come on people so i kind of like the fact that they're saying no only two factions that's it you can choose two those are the two that you can go in your deck so i kind of like that but at the same time it's almost like oh but we'll see what that brings I know you can't just have mono decks because that's just dull and uninteresting. But I I give it till twenty twenty five until we have two color cards. 
Yeah, give it a few sets, and they'll start doing multi-faction. Yeah. Um, Flesh and Blood have only just really, in the last couple of sets, well, this last set, which is like their ninth set, doing um, multi-faction cards. Yeah, so, so, so Lakarda, their schedule is four sets a year. So 2025, I think we'll see... Two two color cards that can go in that can go in either's color. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be quite cool. I wonder if they'll do like an avatar at some point. That's play for another episode. Yeah, um, let's let's really <laughs> get through the rules yeah. and uh, what cards have been previewed so far before we start speculating for yeah a fantasy booking down the line. So we've already talked a little bit about this before we started recording. So the release for this is August this year um but that is saying that's only in the american market um with a sort of rest of the world release due first of september do you think they will just say bugger it and send everyone the cards at the same time or do you think there'll be a rush from people in other countries to just get the american ones um so certainly for game stores i think because they're used to importing product anyway they'll get it in august so yeah the debut i think officially um, is Gen Con and August for game stores and then September for mass retail. Yeah, because um, so my friend Josh now lives in Canada and he is going to Gen Con. So I'm, I'm, I'm half tempted to he's already said like, if there's anything you want, let me know. I'm more, really half tempted to say to him, if you go past the Disney Locana store, let me know what's there. <laughs> and I'll uh, I'll send you some money. <laughs> see if we can get see if we can get some of the promos that are now six digits on eBay. Yeah, twenty three. Yeah, that's insane. Because so so we rewind a bit then actually, and we'll talk about that because they previewed them, didn't they? D twenty three, a couple of the cards. It was it's like six, six, uh, seven. seven cards. One so one promo, then a binder of six. Oh uh, yeah, that was it. Um, they were just scalped beyond the realm of scalped weren't they really yeah so i've been following the lakana on ebay since d23 and as i say the i think the binder um has been going for good part of six digits that is well they've been listed i haven't been looking at the um sold product yeah yeah but the nice, the nice thing they did announce on the day that all the cards are going to be in the base set. The only difference is they have a D twenty three stamp on. Mm. There's nothing exclusive from that from that set that preview event that we can't. We're not going to get a set for a D twenty three stamp. Except they won't have the D twenty three stamp. That's the the crazy thing. I I always I always think about this. Like, <clears throat> I suppose that only really matters for collectors. Um, but what if you are like? I have this problem sometimes with with other games, like um, especially in things like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, because Yu-Gi-Oh has so many different versions of um, cards. Uh, the twenty fifth anniversary box is a prime example. You, know, you get these set six cards, but then you get one of them again in a special type of foil. It's like, oh come on, don't don't be taking the mick out of me. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously it's not the same in terms of ballpark price, but I always think like. I always do feel a little bit bad for collectors when these things happen. Because it's like, for players, like, like say, you and myself, we don't care. 
pick a few packs, probably pull the cards from that from that set in those packs. But imagine if you just couldn't get to D twenty three and you're a hardcore Disney Disney collector. Oof, that's a <laughs> that's a bad break. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not ideal, but it's it is what it is. It's it should have been a D twenty most massive D uh, Disney fans would have been at D twenty three. Well, sorry, sorry, I <laughs> sorry I couldn't be there. But in terms, um, of, in terms of gameplay, yeah, there's there's nothing about the cars that we won't be able to find in the packs and buy, which yeah. is nice. And they said they get, they said they're not going to, um, if a car becomes expensive, that's not going to stop them from reprinting it. Yeah, they're going for the. They're definitely going for the family friendly approach aren't they here family friendly and i think yeah they want people to be able to play be able to get the cards and play them Mm. um whereas there are are some magic cards where people have bought them at high prices and will be very upset if um wizards reprinted them and lowering that value um but ravensburger has said or certainly the team there they're doing lucada have said if a card is necessary for a strategy and it becomes $900, $1,000 to get it, that's not going to stop us if we do a reprint set from reprinting it. Yeah. Um, something we did pick up on just before we started recording, so I'll mention it now. The game will also be printed in multiple languages. So it's French, German, and English, I believe, was what we... Um... Yeah, I think those are the core three languages to start with. Surprisingly, not Spanish. I thought mm. it would have been uh, some of there for sort of the South American audience, so Spanish or Portuguese. Um, I imagine they'll do a Japanese version in a couple of years if yeah. the market's there. Which I think that there's a I lot imagine of. Imagine it will be, yeah. A lot of Japanese Disney fans. Well, I mean, Flesh and Blood again, going back to Flesh and Blood. The um, they're now in looking to release Japanese. Uh, language so they've done French German Spanish and now they're looking to do Japanese as well so yeah there's a I feel like Japan is just a trading card game hub yeah massive market there for for that sort of thing they they used to um booster packs anything gacha in terms of mobile games you love a, a good blind box in Japan. And something else we also noted before we do move on is that every it's going to be like the original versus system in terms of how they print it. So every card you can in the set you can get in foil, which is kind of cool. Um, again, bit of a nightmare if you're a collector. Hopefully, just one version of file, and not the many different printings that Magic and other games do at the moment. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Full art files, yeah. border files. They haven't. Um, they haven't really said anything about that, as far as I'm aware. No, there's not. Actually, we've not actually seen any of the the foiling process, and I, and it's not something I'm familiar with for any any other other games if they've done foiling before. So. They have have done 
um, there was a video I saw on Twitter um, showing off the foiling of the Locana cards, and it's very much on par with the cold foils from Flesh and Blood, sort of like a silver shimmer. Right. Which looks pretty nice. Now, how legit that video was, because it was basically off like someone's look like it was yeah they've been doing the preview event so maybe someone's got the video from that um sneaky the video but the question Mm. then is if this is the first time foiling will the cards curl Mm. doing every other bloody game (laughs) yeah (laughs) even even wizards after 30 years some of their foils are still still curling it's about Mm. 50 50 depending on the process yeah, so Yu-Gi-Oh is really bad at curling. I think it depends on where the printer is as well. So, Probably, um, okay, so where the printer is, the environment, and then mm. um, just the method or how much of the card is foiled. Yeah, because I've got my Dark Magician deck in Yu-Gi-Oh, and I took that out of like. I was, I was with Rob and we were going to sit and have a game and I took my deck, bo- deck out of the deck box and I literally held it up to Rob and it just looked like a C. Yeah, just a packet of like, Pringles. Yeah, I was like, look at that. It's like, where the hell have they been? I was like, they have been sat in a drawer at my parents' house. <laughs> they, have, they have literally not been anywhere. And it's like, that's some curling that is <laughs> just like tell me about it absolutely horrendous um so i hope it doesn't go that way um the last booster box of flesh and blood i purchased from the uprising set um every single card in every single pack was curled even the non-foils yeah because of the foils in the back yeah mm. i was like this is horrendous this yeah. is horrific so yeah i think so the benefit oh. is equally every card is non-foil, so you can get a, you can get an uncurled deck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't help my Yu-Gi-Oh deck. Um, but yeah, it's I do like that. Like, I kind of had a problem with it in Versus because obviously I was a little bit of a magpie and I wanted to fully foil my Injustice Gang deck. And it was really hard to try and get the foils. So I've not got a full foil in Justice Gang deck. There's only like maybe eight foils in the whole 60 cards. Um, but I, at the same time, it's kind of cool. It goes to show, I, th- I think it emphasizes that, that they want the collectors in. Because that's a collector's thing. That's not a player's thing. Um I mean, you'll always get your players who want a full foil deck, like a Blakeman, or, you know, he, he loves his full foil decks, he does. Um, who was it who had full foil JBL? Who was that? I can't remember. I had, very, I had very close. Yeah. Um, I thought someone who had a full foil deck, maybe Jamie? Well, um, possibly, it sounds like someone who would do. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, full foil is cool. I'm fully foiling my Viscerai deck at the moment in um, uh, Flesh and Blood. Um, so close. Um, and that's really cool. But, yeah, it, for general player or general fa- the family unit is not going to care if it's a foil version or a card or not. They're just going to be like, I've got the card. I've got yeah, Mickey. Yeah, the, ki- the kids will like, like if they get a few foils. But, yeah, they don't. But equally so, 
your uh, ultra your rare cards are going to be available as non-file as well, so you, they'll be a little bit cheaper to pick up. Yeah. So speaking of that, then do we want to talk about what product will be available from day one? That is next on my list, good sir. Um, we'll start with Starter Decks because this is probably the biggest sticking point for me. Because um, obviously, I think I'm... this whole this whole section in terms of pricing is is the major sticking point for both of us. <laughs> yeah, and and quite a few people. Yeah, I mean. So, so we're looking first. So essentially, we've got three starter decks. Um, it will mix all six inks, which I actually think is quite quite smart. Um, so we've got an amber amethyst mix, an emerald ruby mix, and a sapphire steel mix, which is pretty cool. Comes with a pre-constructed deck, which again is is fine i believe if i remember correctly looking from the product description i think it also comes with a booster pack inside um but i may may need to yeah might just need to double check that might yeah, need so to double includes, check that includes two foils which i imagine is the is the cover cards yes it'll be the two heroes that the packs are based on so with amber and amethyst we have moana and mickey um with emerald and ruby we have cruella deville and aladdin and then with sapphire and steel we have aurora and simba um those are some odd couple decks they don't even feel slightly themed (laughs) well yeah it's it's more from the style of the because each ink going going to have their own gameplay style so it's probably the ones that are most compatible with each other um in terms of yeah like say strategy and gameplay how they work together so it's like even in magic some colors work better with each other than than others yeah yeah i think that's the same in in anything that has a yeah. i mean dual masters had multiple colors i always found that like say red and yellow worked really well together because everything that yellow didn't have red had and everything that red had didn't have yellow had so it was like the perfect almost the perfect combination um blue green for example um but these decks are on or around 18 pound each now i think this is the first big snag isn't it because for a starter product, starter products are not generally known for their competitive edge. <laughs> no, <Or> for be- <laughs> it's, it's the introduction. It's the simplest cards, um, how to play, and yeah, it's wait, and then you build the decks up from there. Yeah, so yeah, these aren't going to include, except for the two, the the foils, which uh, I imagine will be. Well, no, because you'll be able to get the foils in the actual booster set as well, won't you? Hopefully, um, hopefully, yeah, you should be able to get all the... Nothing should be exclusive to the starter decks. Yeah. So, I mean, I like the idea of grabbing a deck, one or two, picking them up, keeping them sealed, playing them off against each other. That's £36 before, before I even think about buying maybe any singles or booster packs or, or which we'll get into sleeves. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was 18 pound for a two player deck. You got 120 cards. So even, 
240 card decks, yeah, that would be much more comfortable. But yeah, just single player starter decks at £18 each. Yeah, it comes with a, a booster pack of just checks and tokens yeah. and a rule book, but it, it's a very expensive jumping in point. Yeah, and um, you know that it's going to be absolute garbage, <laughs> the, the deck as well. It might give you a good understanding. But what I was going to say there was like... You can't, um, yeah, you can't walk into a tournament with one of these. No. I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh, you think now you've got the structured decks. The structured decks are like £11 each, and they come now with competitive cards in. Yeah, they come with so, a lot of the old staples. Yeah, I mean... They're very this... good at reprinting stuff in those. Oh, they're so good now. But they Trap Tricks, this the most recent one, um, Rageki, Harpy's Feather Duster, and Ash Blossom. Those cards would have been, at one point, £25, £30 each. Yep. Now, pay tenner, 11 quid. You've got all three in the structure deck. And it's Trap Tricks. I don't really know much, but from when I was speaking to uh, Kugani Gaming, um, he indicated that Trap Tricks were... And Truin as well off the off the recording, and they both indicated the trap tricks are pretty good in the for, in in the game. And even so you, when Yu Gi Oh do starter decks, they're well, again the eight or nine pound, a lot cheaper. Yeah, so they're not so they're, they're not as strong as the structure decks, but even they come with reprints. But again, we're yeah. not it, we're not into the point where we kind of need to do reprints. We don't know um, the power level of any of these cards. I suppose not. So, um, but yeah, just eighteen pound for for something where you can't even play against each other is. Yeah, it 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 feels a bit too much. Yeah. It feels a bit too 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 high a threshold. And the sad thing is, that's what I was looking at at doing originally, just getting the the starter decks and just keeping them keeping them in a box and yeah. playing them off as like a board game. But even that's. Kind of making me second think, and we'll see. The um, so we have our booster packs, standard for uh, trading card games. Um, twelve card packs. So I don't think they've actually confirmed or denied that there's potential to draft this game. I don't recall uh, ever reading anything that says they have. They have said that. I've... I'm not 100%. I, I see um, there's some at the back of my head that says that they have to certainly um, balance it for multiplayer, but um, at worst, with a base set, you should be able, be able to draft a base set. Yeah. I think in the rules, they talk about um, multiplayer games, don't they? Yeah, they, they definitely balance it for multiplayer. Yeah. Um, but as to draft and sealed... I'm not 100% certain. I would hope so, because I, I enjoy those type of events, and um, I believe you're a convert as well recently. Yeah, I did my first Flesh and Blood uh, pre-release. Well, I did my first pre-release full stop, um, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Just, just the fact I just had this pool of cards in front of me. I couldn't do anything about it. I couldn't do anything else. I just had to use what I had and I built what I could build. And it was, it was super fun. Like I use the word super very, very much there. It was, it was, it was really, really fun. If someone said to me, um, Tom, this is the only way you're going to be able to play flesh and blood ever again. I'd be kind of like, eh, I can probably live with that to be honest. Um, 
yeah, it's pretty much the only way I play Magic is sealed or draft. Mm. Well, you, you turn up to the pre-releases and then you just ditch the stuff, don't you? After, yeah, just yeah. So either that or drafting on MTG Arena. Well, do you do that very often? Random, random offshoot? I just uh, sometimes I haven't done it re- too much recently, but it's always there as an option. It's it's fairly cheap to buy into, and yeah, it's it's again you don't it's not playing the standard meta. You don't have to worry about getting cards. Yeah, that's well, definitely not because it's online. But yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so configuration. Um, I did make a note of this. It was uh, nine regular cards, one foil of any rarity. Two guaranteed cards of either rare, super rare, or legendary rarity. Now, that feels like kind of like a standard thing. At least it feels. Uh, it seems it seems generous, but it's a more expensive pack, and I think I'm not sure what magic is at the moment, but seemingly a lot of the anime 15, games. Fifteen cards. I think it depends on if it's a. a a set booster, or if it's a draft booster. Yeah, set booster's like 10 cards. Yeah, I... Draft booster's like 15. I know drafted 15. Uh, be a... I think this would be more comparable to a set booster. But mm. Seemingly, over the last few years, trading card games have putting fewer cards in set packs. So, being at 12 seems generous, but we are, I should say, £5 a pack. Looking at yes, it, it's again. Is it for what should be a, a kids' game and a family market? It seems very expensive. Yeah, five pound a booster is expensive. So um, I don't really buy boosters anymore for Yu Gi Oh. Um, but I know the LGS I go to um, for our monthly Flesh and Blood Armoury, Car Tavern in Stone, they, their Outsiders boosters, which is the most recent set, £4.50 each now. So they've, they've jumped up. Like they, I remember when I first started playing, I think the boosters were like £3.50 or something. So it's got up like a quid, which I guess in the grand scheme of things isn't a huge deal, unless of course well, you're buying you... twenty four packs. I was going to say until you start buying a box, then it's yeah, it's the twenty four pound more on top. Yeah, it still works out cheaper, I think, to buy buy the box because generally, if you buy the box, you get the the box for a cheaper rate than you do the, the individual boosters. Yeah, again, anything you buy more, you buy in bulk, you're going to get a cheaper rate. Yeah. But the fact that a booster box at the moment, the best price I've seen is £105. Yeah. That's, uh, is that on par with Magic? What well, Magic boot? I don't It's not really. Um... Uh, I think Magic is a little bit cheaper. Um, really? I'm just looking, just looking up. Um... Might as well have a look. So there. Because I'm. So again, Yu Gi Oh! You can generally get booster boxes for about 60 odd quid. Um, flesh and blood can be anywhere between anywhere between sixty and a hundred generally. Um, so a booster box or set boosters for March of the Machines, the latest set is hundred and five pounds, but that's thirty set boosters. Thirty. Yeah. These are twenty twenty four. Twenty four count. Yeah, so it seems like Yu Gi Oh and Flesh and Blood and draft boosters for magic. Yeah. Um 
Hmm. I'd say I, I don't understand why they need so many different types of booster pack for magic, but I, I don't get it. Who am I? Um, well, obviously they're the most popular <laughs> um, trading card game in the world, and <laughs> yeah, it's it's has seemingly Hasbro's biggest money maker at the moment. So yeah, I mean, what when keeps we did them going. The... Yeah, I mean, when we did the Come for the Magic, Stay for the Gathering episode, like, we were talking about it then, and it was something like X amount of their profit was was due to Magic Arena. And it's like, what? (laughs) It's like, you didn't even look at, didn't even mention the actual cards. It was like, this this much profit alone is is solely from Arena. It's like, mind-boggling. But, you know, by good gosh, it's working for him. Yeah, five pounder booster is. Um... Well, then again, looking at Scarlet and Violet, the new Pokemon TCG, it that's for thirty a pack. I can see on Smiths, so um, maybe they got ten cards in. I think Pokemon boosters. Yeah, ten additional game cards. Yeah, they don't yeah. do. Um, they don't really do draft Pokemon, do they? It's not a draft game. Not no, not to my knowledge. Yeah. Um. Well, the next product is the Lumineers Trove. So that it, this is essentially the Pokemon Elite Trainer Box, isn't it? For all intents and purposes. Yeah. We've got eight booster packs, uh, two deck boxes, which is pretty cool, uh, featuring Aurora and Mickey Mouse. And then we have a handbook on playing the game. Now, don't get me wrong. To me, that sounds like a rule book. Um, sounds like a slightly literally... thicker rule book. A slightly thicker rule, maybe a hardback rule book. That would be pretty uh, cool. That'd be cool, but I don't think I. I don't think it will be. I think it'll be just ten more pages. Yeah, it'll, it'll basically more... just tell, tell you a bit more strategy for the for each theme. Oh, possibly that's bad. But actually, it'd be quite interesting though. Um, and then a collector's checklist, which again feels like a bit bit of filler to me. Yep. Um, that sounds like something you could print on the on the cardboard that you, um. Filling up, filling out the space would. Yeah, um, so that's fifty quid. I mean, forty nine ninety nine, fifty pound, depending on where you're looking. That's about on par with the elite trainer boxes because elite trainer boxes are around that now. I, mean, I think some of them were even more. The celebrations one was ridiculous. The celebrations one was like because it was so uh, heavily picked up. I mean, they were expensive. Like. A, Think. Yeah, so again, looking at Scarlet and Violet for Pokemon, it is currently, I think the RRP is 45. 45, yeah. Yeah. So it's not much difference. And it's probably on par with the difference between all their products. How many boosters do we get in the Treasure Trove? Uh, the Lumineers Trove, um, eight. Eight, eight. eight boosters and the two debt boxes, but we all know the debt boxes. They're not going to be like the what the actual ones they're releasing. It's going to be like two garbage. Boxes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I don't think they're going to be particularly sought after. So the Pokemon Elite Trainer box is nine boosters, a full art promo, um, and then sleeves and energy, and then, energy cards and a player's guide. Yeah, the sleeves are garbage. Like uh, those ones I got from my Celebrations Elite Trainer box, I use them to put my Charizard budget deck in, and I've played the deck three times, four times, and already the 
they're practically all peeling off at the back. They're absolutely awful. They're on par with Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! official sleeves. They too are absolute garbage. Um, hey, it could be worse. Could be the old uh, Raw Deal uh, prize ones. I never had any of them, but yeah. I am aware they were awful. Absolute dog poop. Yeah. PG. Let's keep it PG. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah just... Ah. I don't see myself buying one of these. Um, if I'm going to buy anything, I definitely don't see myself buying one. Um, no, unless that handbook is something really, really sexy. But I don't, I don't see it being something no, really sexy. Very doubtful. Yeah. Um, so then we have the gift set. This was, this was quite an interesting um, thing. And actually, the thing I think is the biggest ripoff uh, when looking at what the what they're bringing so we have four booster packs uh two promo cards jumbo sized promos and then two tracker tokens um the promo cards are uh, mulan imperial soldier and hades the king of olympus and these are 28 pounds like i know pokemon again we're going back to pokemon in terms of um which of course you already said, um, products because they do these sets where you get a couple of boosters, but then it's all about the the themed promo cards, and they even give those big giant cards as well. Um, thoughts on this? Until I see the <laughs> until I see the game, I'm not sure how much use the oversight cards will be. That's it. I don't know. The Pokemon things were a bit of a gimmick because I think my mate Stu said at one point someone had turned up with a giant sized deck. Yeah, they. I remember that coming off. I think one of the one of the world championships, one of the side games, someone took a huge deck, but unfortunately, they never printed huge energy cards, so yeah. it was unplayable. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, unless this could like what I said maybe earlier about like an avatar. If you can, like a commander, yeah, um, maybe that's that's a use for them. But I can't. I, I don't care if every card in the set is foil. What is the purpose? Because, from my understanding, the promos aren't anything different to the cards that are already in the set. Yeah. Again, hopefully these aren't um, exclusive to these boxes. But even if if they are, um. I don't. I don't think they're going to be particularly difficult to find. People will open them for the for the giggles and then put the cards online, so you can just buy them as singles. Yeah, ninety nine people plus postage on eBay. Yeah. The uh, the tracker tokens seem interesting, but you bet, you're actually better off there. So we'll go into this more when we get to the actual gameplay. But you'll be better off with a a dice or. Even if it's not a proper weighted dice, just a tracker, an actual numbered tracker. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't feel like there's anything. It doesn't feel like there's anything in it that's that's giving me like the oh, I'm gonna have to buy one of these feelings. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, hmm. Well, there are some accessories. I haven't got them noted down, but I know that we've got is it Captain Hook, Elsa, Mickey Mouse, and maybe someone else. 
we've got sleeves and deck boxes and Sleeve, folders. Yeah, sleeves, sleeves, deck boxes, and folders, sort of as accessories. Mm. Again, until we see the quality of them, who Ravensburger have teamed up with to make them, to wait and see on those. But I think I'll just be getting the normal, normal sleeves and boxes. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna be brutally honest. I'm very tempted. Very, very tempted. By getting Elsa. I. Yeah, very tempted. I think it'd be funny. A folder, deck box, and matching sleeves. Get the set. Very tempted. Yeah, the choice the for me is just a case of the. It's what you'd see for the quality, but also the. The characters they chose in the artwork aren't my favourites from the set. But. It does feel like around like Captain Hook. I kind of get Elsa because if you're, if you want to get little girls into it into the game, Elsa. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to bank on Elsa. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And then Captain Hook. Captain Hook seems a bit odd. He's not. Why not Peter Pan? Might probably more likely to get. Um, maybe that's aimed at people like me who just like the bad guys and just want to. Yeah, probably, it's probably yeah, a good mix. Yeah, and then Mickey Mouse is Mickey Mouse, isn't it? Yeah. Even though I don't think my favourite Mickey Mouse art from the set. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see what they do. I, there'll be more. They'll, you've got so much stuff to work with. There'll be, like, wait till they get that Jafar, those sexy Jafar sleeves. I'll be I'll be all over that. Um, uh <laughs> yeah, but speaking of which, to me, going back to why this game interested me in the first place from from day one, it mostly the art because it's all original art. It's not screen caps or anything like that. Um, a lot of new takes on characters. Um, where so like King of Olympus Hades, that's all new artwork. So it feels a bit more what ify in terms of the yeah. characters and the arts and what they're doing with them. Yeah, so we, we we obviously spoke a little bit about this before we started recording because we were saying like which which um, colors we'd like to to do, and I said, well, I'd like to do purple and and blue because purple's got Jafar in it and blue's got Scar in it. I said, but there is a Scar in red, but I don't like the artwork. So yeah, I mean, the artwork is a massive um, influence, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, they could have done the easy thing and just done screen caps. Yeah, all of the all the artwork is brand new stuff, new commissions, um, original artwork. They've got they've hired artists. They're all credited on the cards. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's some really cool stuff in here. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at like, um... oh, we've got playmats as well. Oh, we've got playmats as well. Oh, don't, don't, oh, yeah. an Elsa playmat. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, like the artwork for the uh, Sorcerer Mickey. That is just an absolutely wonderful piece of uh, um, artistry. And that is done by a Nicholas Kale. I think that says there. I'm trying to get the, uh, the, uh, the image up. Um, doesn't yeah. I, quite, I quite like the, the carefree stitch, carefree surface stitch with the art by Marcel Berg for the folder. But again, that looks quite a thin, flimsy folder from the 
product shot that I'm seeing. Yeah, that's this is it, isn't it? I mean, any so my experience up to this point has not given me faith that any company can produce accessories for its own games. No, in-house so, stuff is not. I not yeah. Great. Pokemon in those elite trainer boxes sleeves are awful. You look at um, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh official sleeves are awful, um, and not just from my own experience, but like for example, uh, Ash, you know, um, Rob's uh, stepson has uh, Kyber Corp and Blue Eye sleeves, mm-hmm. and within literally a couple of days of using them, they're, they're the backs were, were peeling off and he even said himself like these are awful <laughs> um yeah like uh, uh i asked about the magic sleeves i said to martin i was like i'm thinking of buying the hundred pack of abandoned spoiler sleeves for the chaos commander deck and he just went don't they're awful <laughs> it, um Fantasy Flight Games did their own in-house sleeves and they were atrocious. Like they looked great, but they're awful. Um they've made they've made a good decision now and have bought a a company to do it for them, GameGenic. So they well, I assume they bought them. Um or they just teamed with them. And the sleeves have now improved in quality. But uh yeah. The uh in-house stuff is generally not fantastic. So yeah, I'd I'd probably watch a review online or see if they turn around and say Dragon Shield have made them. I'd be like, Fuck, yeah, let's go. For oh, it. absolutely, yeah. So if they, yeah, if they confirm that they're being outsourced to Dragon Shield, yeah, absolutely, I'll buy them. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I'll just get the normal Dragon Shields for the right color. So I imagine yeah. they'll do. Um, Dragon Shield will try and find a color as close as. The official colours and release them. I'd be. It seems silly not to. They're probably already out. With yeah. Dragon Shield, they've got that many different types of colours out. Yeah, but obviously, I mean, picking the actual graphic design, the official colour from the from the product, and uh, okay, yeah. or maybe because I think some of them, are, the colours are quite wavy, so they might do. Mm. Um, yeah, get the actual background, and. Do um, sleeves like that would be quite nice. It would be quite nice, actually. Yeah, we'll, we'll I, see, I would we'll probably be more on board with that. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see what comes when they're actually out. Yeah, whereas it's all going to be in uh, the gaming shop, so they'll all have a wide stock of all the third third party sleeves and accessories. Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Well, if they don't, then they're not long for this world. Yeah. Um, so myself and um, Rob recently went into, just random offshoot, um, went into a uh, a geek shop in the local area and had, like, no accessories at all because we were like, there's no deck sleeves. That's <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. Um, so gameplay. I was no. about to say, we're about an hour into this. Let's talk about what the actual game is. <laughs> yeah, so gameplay. Win condition, you need to get 20 lore. Now, we spoke a little bit before we started recording um, how this reminds me uh, very much of Keyforge. 
Um, key Forge's objective is you build each turn, you try and get as much amber as possible. On At the start of your turn, if you have enough amber, you can turn it into a key. If you have three keys, you win. Um, this feels very much similar. Um, so your characters can quest, which basically gets you your lore. Once you've got 20, you win. But obviously, it's not that that easy. Yep, so in terms of gameplay-wise, it's similar to Magic in that you've got your creatures or heroes or villains. Um, you've got... Um, Items then spells, and spe- as well. Yeah, so items, your, then all your different support cards. Um, unlike magic, you don't have a specific energy system. So any card in your hand, once per turn, you can play a card face down. That becomes then ink. And you use that to then generate ink to cast your spells. So from there, each turn you're building up your board, making playing bigger and bigger cards, or playing wider, going wide and playing more smaller cards. Similar to um, magic, your creatures, I'm just going to keep calling them creatures, um, <laughs> have uh, sickness. So the turn they come into play, they can't attack or do anything that would in this case, exert them, so tap them, turn them sideways. You can't do any of those actions until the next turn when they've been on the field for one whole turn. So to quest, you you tap or exert them. You then score your law, which is however many of the diamonds are printed on the card. But the downside there is, and the strategy becomes, that once they're exerted, they become open to them being attacked by your opponent. And that's how they you get them off the board. Yeah, I do like the idea of not being able to attack them unless they're exerted. Yeah. I do like that. that so yeah, that's, that's how it works in, Yeah, that's how it works in Magic and how it works in Door Masters as well. Um, so Magic's a bit different because you... When your character's attacked, you're attacking your opponent and then... I, so if you're attacking me with a creature, I then defend with mine. Yeah. Um, and that's how the battles between the creatures happen. So yeah. you attacking is the risk reward. Do I do I defend do I defend that and kill your creature? Yeah. So it, it's similar, but it's slightly different timings. Yeah. Um It's it's um but the, the nice thing about the gameplay here is I think they've done this purposely. You're not attacking someone to try and kill them off. You're yeah. building yourself up when you score law. Yeah. It, it, there's a, almost an element of Pokemon to it where it, it almost moves a little bit of the interaction, but they've kept some of the interaction in there by being able to attack the exerted characters. Um, where actually in Pokemon your your turns are you building up your own side, putting your yeah. energies out, putting your Pokemon out, doing your your items, your actions. Um, 
there's very little your opponent will do during your turn, if that makes no. sense. No, um, yeah, it's like, absolutely so. It does seem a bit solitary from the mm, outside. Yeah. Yeah, because the only interaction, there's very little interaction I as a defending off-turn player can do to interrupt your turn mm. that's going on. And if my Pokemon, where for Pokemon out, I have out in the center, it's just open to being hit. Yeah, you can't block or no. anything like that. It's, it's just yeah, going to get in the face. Yeah, so like the thingy system as well interests me. Um, like you said, it's essentially, uh, it, it may pass, it's very much a generic resource system, isn't it? Having some, having a card face down that you can use or face up, whatever. Having a card that you have to physically use as a resource. Um, yeah, rather than it's... having to build in a separate color of separate type of card like energy or lands more yeah. like um dual masters yeah. where any card can be that but then it's out of action yeah the only real difference is between that and dual masters is dual masters you could still only use color associated yeah well you had to use a minimum of one so if you had a red card that cost five as long as one of those five was red it was fine. Yeah. Um, the thing is, uh, it's, I, th- I think it's a little bit closer to versus, um, where you yeah. could in versus you could put anything face down. Yeah, I mean you you could activate certain things from your resource row. I've got to say again, go to fantasy booking. I give it till four sets until there's a way to play a card from your from your ring well. Yeah, versus did it. They they had reservist. They were yeah. called. You could play them from your resource row. Um, yeah, we give it four sets until there's something there. But anyway, that's fine again. Yeah, but only cards that have got the mark around the cost can be used as ink. Is it? So it's yeah. So yeah. it's got to have some. It's like Mickey. It's got like a weird logo around the eight. Mm-hmm. That is how you know it can be used as ink. Yeah, because you have to reveal it before it goes down. Yeah, to show that it can be done. Yeah, which again, almost actually. Well, I was going to say takes you to versus two player card game because they changed the rules for resources, so you can still put anything face down, but the only things that can go up is land, like uh, locations. Mm-hmm. So they kind of they kind of changed that a little bit, um, but yeah, it feels very much. It feels like they've kind of looked at resources and said, okay how can we make it flexible and make it so you can't the term is mana screw isn't it, it yeah how do you not get bogged yeah, down you can either draw keep drawing lands and not get spells or likewise you can all draw spells and not have not get the land to be able to play anything and yeah it becomes it just becomes unfun at that point it, you, you, you can't interact you have no way of um, playing the game and it's just, just poor. There's nothing you can control in that because it's just a case, a case of bad luck of how the deck was shuffled. Yeah, that's it, and it's it feels. Um, it's just it's just a bad gameplay feel. It's just yeah, feels it, rubbish. Yeah, but equally so, I'm glad that it has a cost system because if it doesn't, then we have our favorite game where everything goes. It's Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Well, 
cards do have well, no, they don't. Not I was going to say card, have to be, cards yeah. have cost, but they they really really don't. No. <laughs> um, because again, this is a card game based off a very loose um, a game that was invented for a manga that was never <laughs> intended to actually be a pre an official game, and they've had to Frankenstein a rule set from it. Yeah, I was saying this to someone the other day, actually. We were talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! And I said, like, if the game played how it played in the series, like the original season one, yeah, like, it's like, where it, it's like whose line is it anyway? Everything's made up and the points don't matter. It's like yeah. my level four dragon, because it, it's a dragon, it has wings, you can't hit it with a warrior. It's like, what are you on about, mate? Stop having a giraffe. It's like, yeah, it's it, it's it's utter nonsense. Um, but there's yeah. no cost system there. You can just play whatever at any point. Yeah, I just summon Blue Eyes White Dragon. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's like, uh, okay. <laughs> but again, it was, originally it was just a game made up for the manga. Um, it wasn't designed. It was just for the drama of it. It's yeah. like it's a bit like wrestling. It's like if you actually think about the rules, it doesn't make sense as an actual activity as a sport. No, no. Yeah, if you start questioning it too much, it all falls apart really quickly. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately for, for Yu-Gi-Oh, they just took that and went, actually, this is an actual game. It's viable. Yeah. So that's yeah. why you get things like Raigeki in the original Booster Pack where it destroys everything for no cost. Yeah. Pot of Greed. Draw yeah. two cards. No cost, no but no downside. Utter insanity. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then obviously the last bit is um, the pips on the side is how how much law. Yeah, so it so looks like the, value. the higher you get up the proverbial curve, the more law your guys can get. It's like generally, yeah. The level eight Mickey can get four, which is pretty damn good. Um, I think that's pretty damn good. Anyway, um, as it's printed, that yeah, that seems strong. But it, I think uh, the better strategy is going to be go going to be going wide. Yeah. So With try and find many low costs that give you as much lore as possible. But yeah, don't play curve. That was my mistake in versus. Always yeah. played curve. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think yeah. In terms of this, it's because you. Your characters can be killed once they've scored. I think it's going to be a case of replacing them as quick as possible and just going wide. Mm. But then again, yeah. your characters have an attack and defense, so your higher cost ones have more defense, so it takes more to kill them. But equally, unlike magic, a character has their uh, health um, marked and it's permanent yes. how much damage they've taken. It's a bit more like Pokemon. Rather than magic, where a character only takes damage for its one turn and then it's back up to full health. Yeah. A, a Lokana character will have that damage marked and will. So eventually, even the stronger character is going to be knocked out after a couple of turns. Yeah. Yeah, so you might as well go wide, don't you? That, that's my. That's sort of my thinking. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So I don't think there's anything else we really want to talk about in terms of. Um... Gameplay. I'm not. Uh... The only the only other thing to say is that um, with your actions, some of them 
they've done a quirky thing is they've cashed in on the fact that a lot of the popular Disney things are musicals. So you have some which are songs. Yeah. So you can either pay their cost for them or you can exert one of your um, stronger characters and have them sing the song so you get it for yeah. free. Mm. Yeah. Which I do quite like. There is, yeah, we... it's a nice, again, twist on the strategy there. Because what was it? Um, we pointed out in the group chat, wasn't it? It was sort of bring a character out, it draws a card, then you play something, so you tap her, so she sings a song. Yeah. And then she gets, like, another two cards. Was it, was it not Maleficent? I'm not, I can't remember, but yeah, it was something Martin pointed out was, yeah. was that strategy there. Just absolutely sickening. It's like, oh yeah, I'll just bring this card out, draw three cards. It's like, okay, yeah, that's, drawing cards in any card game is powerful. Oh yeah, it's absolutely, just a, yeah. a great, great draw, thing to Yeah, have. draw and discard is, if you can hamper, hamper the number of options your opponent has, then, and the more options you have, the, the more chance you have of winning. Yeah. Um, anything else gameplay wise? Anything? Because obviously we don't want to go too much into it because because we're not. We haven't. Yeah, we, we haven't got the full set. The yeah, we haven't. We haven't <laughs> touched it. Um, there are people out there that, with the previews, are doing virtual games and coming up with strategies. But again, I don't think we're speculating too much on that until we see all two hundred cards. Yeah. Because you never know what's, what's going to happen in there, do you, really? Nope. They've released quite a lot of cards, though. I mean, there's 88 on Locania.com. That's that's quite a few. But actually, a few, couple of them seem to be repeats as well. Um, I feel like they've maybe put on, like, promo ones. Uh, not sure. Yeah, I think they've put on promo ones. Yeah, I can see a couple of Mickeys on there. A couple of the Brave Little Taylor Mickeys. Uh, yeah, it's a few repeats, but so even then, there's still quite a lot of stuff to to spoil. Yeah. So I hope they don't, because I had this conversation with um, as about like flesh and blood. It really, I I like oh, if I'm going to buy a booster box, for example, I like the idea of opening the packs and being amazed by every card in the pack. Where with flesh and blood, they've got to a point now where every card is spoiled. Before yeah, the set comes the out. Comes out, yeah. Same in Magic. So it's like, well, I don't need to buy boosters then. I'll just buy the singles. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you can, yeah, people can have the strategies before they even go into pre-release events. Yeah, which is what was happening. We were seeing yeah. people on uh, Talashar.net practicing with like the new heroes. And you're like, why? Do you know what I mean? The set's not you're actually going out blind. yet. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a bit against the spirit. Mm. Um. So thoughts, I mean, do we think this is going to be a hit? As as much as a hit as it can be. I think there's certainly the support there. I think, I think it would have to be an absolute bust in terms of gameplay and people not um, supporting it after the first set for it, for it to go down before 2025. I think that they're in it for at least two or three years. Yeah. Just because they put, if anything, they probably have to um, pay Disney a lot of money for the license if they don't commit to it. Yeah, because there's got to be a mutual um, benefit to it, hasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. I think the thing for me at the moment is, is again something I had a conversation about the other day. Um, 
there seems to be this flurry of trading card games here. Yeah, I was, uh, I was looking at a YouTube video earlier uh, of 13 trading card games that have been released in 2023. Thirteen in twenty twenty. Yeah, that's oh, not boy. counting Star Wars Destiny that was just announced yesterday. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Well, Star Wars, Star Wars Unlimited. Star Wars Unlimited. Destiny's the old one. It's the Destiny's dice game. The dice one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I was going to say. Because is it going to impact them not being able to access other Disney-owned IPs? Because it feels like if they're going to go with just Disney, so that's Disney Pixar, you're still missing Marvel because they're 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 being taken by like, yeah they've four got of well that and Rosemary are already doing Champions, aren't they? Well, he does FFG. FFG FFG does Champions, champions. yeah, and then uh, Upper Deck do Versus System. Yeah, then... I, think, I think 100 years now we're celebrating Disney. I think there's plenty to mine there. And I'll be quite happy because we've seen. Oh, there was another. I think it's a Ravensburger game, another Disney one, uh, more of a strategy board game, but with cards. And they've actually started mining into the Saturday morning stuff like Gargoyles. Oh, okay. Yeah. And at least now I could, I could, a Gargoyle set. I'd be all yeah. over that. So hopefully they can start, they can eventually start doing some of the Saturday morning stuff and Disney TV. Darkwing Duck. Oh, that'd be a good one. Darkwing Duck yeah. as well. Um, or yeah, some, of the, cause... some of the some of the newer stuff. So I'd love to see a gravity some stuff from Gravity Falls, from Amphibia, from the Owl House. There's been a lot of really good Disney stuff on TV recently. Hmm. Yeah. Cause, I mean, the only reason I bring it up is because, like I say, there's there's a lot out of it. You've got like um, Sorcery TCG, for example, which is which was a big hit on Kickstarter. Um, yep. um, Grand Archive seems to be pretty, pretty well yeah. over. Uh, Battle Spirit Saga. Yeah, Battle Spirit Saga. That's another one. Obviously, um, we've still got Dragon Ball Super, Digimon, One Piece. Yeah. One Piece. Yeah, Metazoo are trying to make a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah, the the market for TCGs at the moment is. There seems to be a lot of people trying to cash in on it. Yeah. Like what we were talking about, though, again, going back to um, Come for the Magic, Stay for the Gathering. We, we spoke then about it, didn't we? Just saying that Magic are almost upsetting a lot of their player base. But it feels like a bit of their player base is getting a bit disenfranchised. They're like looking for something new. So if you've got that big of a market and there's an opportunity to maybe take some of that market and get that money off them. So a lot of people are trying to get on board with it. Yeah, and seemingly there's a l- the market's growing. So more people are willing to go into board game and create card game shops and get involved with events. Yeah. One of the, I'll say it. One of the things I was worried about, and I'm still kind of worried about it. If this is more family-orientated, um, yeah, I think Pokemon's still doing massively well, so... Yeah, well, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic are still your big three. They're, That's your big three. Nothing's touching them. No, but I think this has got some way to go. There's an untapped audience in that family under 13 market. Yeah. 
Um, because all all the anime ones are going to be for older sort of mid teens. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, my Hero Academia people like that. It's not young, young, young kids. No, watching that type of stuff. It's and again, yeah. as we were saying earlier, there's a lot of words on those cards. Yeah, it's very very printy. Yeah, Even... and stuff like card card fight Vanguard. That's oh yeah, going. yeah. Anime, um, trading card games. But yeah, I saw a couple of streams of one of the card fight video games, and God, that in mind bending. Mm. Not that actually complicated, but just trying to understand all all the words. Yeah, my mate Stu bought a couple of the starter decks, and we were going to play them off. Um, he was going to learn the rules and then he would impart his wisdom onto me and then we would play them off. Yeah, still, that's never come to pass. Um, yeah. So as yeah, far as I know, he's still got these intimidating. Decks. I don't think it's that complicated, but it's just intimidating. I enjoyed when they did the Raw Deal Revolution. Because it, it, they just removed text. It was yeah. <laughs> it was so nice oh, and refreshing. It was, yeah, it was, um, there was so much bloat by that point. Yeah, it was just a shame that they ruined it with uh, Batista in set one. <laughs> Batista was, yeah, unbalanced in set one. And I think WWE were just trying to get out of that out of that market. Yeah, they were done at that point. Yeah, the, I think the creators had a lot of difficulty trying to work with WWE in terms of licensing and what yeah. they were allowed to do. Because <laughs> WWE would be more restrictive. It was like, originally in Raw Deal, you could use use insider terms like face and heel but that wasn't wasn't allowed in the later sets became fan favorite and cheater that was it wasn't it? i was like what did it become yeah fan favorite cheater yeah originally it was face and heel yeah fan favorite cheater then it was assault throw uh, yeah so instead of strikes it was assaults instead of grapples it was throws and instead of submissions it was holds yeah and then it was extreme yeah. Not high risk. Yeah. Yeah, they changed changed it all going into it Revolution. Yeah. Oh, so funny. Um Yeah. Do you think there was a chance this game could be because I was just gonna say it's um I think there's a market for it. I think it's gonna be popular. It, yeah. The one thing I am a little bit disappointed about, not just so not just the price, but the organized play price support isn't that interesting it's like pin badges or something yeah it's i think it's you you build up points over the season and you can cash them in for quite inconsequential prizes but i guess though if your market is it's more for kids it's more but it feels very much like a participation trophy yeah everyone wins yeah everyone gets gets something yeah I guess that's a. We had this conversation a while. Well, I I said we. I had this episode when I talked about tryhards at at um, car tournaments, who turn up to the the casual weekly armory with the top tier, won all the tournaments deck and clobbers everyone and takes the prizes that they've already got fifty copies of, when, and then nobody else gets a look in. So I guess if you're if you really don't want to promote that type of gameplay, having a weird participation-esque system is probably a good way of doing it. Yeah, um, it 
just doesn't make me excited mm. for getting involved. It's because yeah. I could I could equally if I'm gonna play at that level, I can just go around and play it on a kitchen top. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily bring you to the LGS, does it? Exactly. No, I don't feel necessary to take ho- to take holidays off or to play some low level Locana. Yeah. Badge. <laughs> thanks for coming. Thanks for thanks for going. XO here's your uh, here's your badge. Or like a, that, like and equally, gym. if it's a league sort of thing, it's then having to show up consistently <clears throat> to try and build points up to get a really big badge. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, so giant pin badge badges, a tracker, and yeah, it's just I don't know. Not the best support. No, but equally, I, I I don't want it to be the problem we had with Raw Deal, where the prize cards were staples. Hmm. Yeah, that was. And that was again something that I brought up in in my my ranting episode about um, investors and and stuff like that. Where I say, yeah, if you've if the prize cards are unique, and I'm okay special, for old arts or full arts things like that. Yeah, FFG did used to do that for yeah. organized play, old art stuff. Um, but if your prize cards are unique cards that are good, yeah. And they, like you said, like Raw Deal Prime example, like Suicide Strike. Well, the title um, belts. The title belts were all prize cards. You had to win them. Yeah. Um, and quite a lot of the time they were they were staples. The The movie cards were all prize cards. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's... Wasn't one of the... Wasn't my way a prize card? Which was a staple reversal. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. I was having to think then which one's my way. It's the one with Shawn Michaels. It's his nil cost one that overturns, isn't it? Yeah, but there was, there was also like an ultra rare or something, like a foil one that was very important. I think towards the end of Revolution. Possibly. It was like one um, of the last prize packs, second to last prize packs. But yeah. It's... So I think all. Alt arts, um, is okay, but it's, I don't know. I'm probably contradicting myself because because yeah, you don't want super strong stuff, but I want to be excited and have a reason to go along rather than play at the same level I do as a, a kitchen top. Yeah, you Yugi, uh, Flesh and Blood, they do like foil versions of cards and stuff yeah. like that, won't they? Well, Yugi do um, the packs as well. I don't know if they still do them, tournament packs. Um, I'm not certain, but yeah, again, when the tournament ca- packs came across here and you're getting stuff like cha- Mechanical Chaser. Oh, which, yeah. <laughs> which wasn't really a staple, but... Um, Mighty hard to get hold of. <laughs> yeah, it's a diff- difficult card, and like for you, when you had your ma- you wanted to collect all your machines. Yeah, I've got a TP one mechanical chaser. Yeah, I, if if I have any, I I, I don't look at the condition of it because <laughs> when I first got it, I had no respect for for cards. So 
I'm, I, I'd hate to think of the condition it's in. Um, but like, yeah, like... See, if I'm taking time off to go to these events, which I w- would like to do, I want to feel like I've, I've got a chance of coming out with something worthwhile. So maybe more of a play mat rather than a pin. Yeah. Yeah. Play mats if, cool. I, if I don't win the play mat, it's not the end of the world, but it's a nice thing to have. Yeah, yeah, you're not getting there going, can't wait to go X and O and win that pin badge, where, yeah. oh, actually, there's a really cool Mickey Mouse playmat that yeah. looks awesome. That's... Yeah, if I, if, I, if, I keep, if I go to five events and do well, I can potentially get the, the playmat. Yeah, that's an incentive, isn't it? Yeah. Pin badge isn't an incentive. It doesn't feel like it. Mm. Maybe they'll Maybe they'll see what the interest is mm-hmm. for mass organised play. And if they think the interest is there to do something special, um, Flesh and Blood do like the tournament kits. They're pretty, pretty cool. Um, uh, Yugi have like their, like I said, prize packs and stuff. They don't really do playmats and things, I don't think. They do playmats for like the pre releases, um, which are pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, Magic, oh, just just seeing here the, um, an article on comicbook.com. Uh, Ravensburger is act- actively playtesting the draft format in cars and specifically worded so as to not assume there's only one opponent. So draft mm. that multiplayer. Ooh. So, it is, yeah, it's sort of in their mind. Mm. Maybe not this first set. No. That's pretty uh, cool. As for the prices themselves, said that the promo cards will be alternate treatments of existing cards, not mechanically unique promo cards. Yeah. So. so- so unless you're desperate for those cool alter foils, it, 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 yeah, but it, there's no. I think I think it's still the same art, just in a diff, in a specific foiling treatment. Yeah, so maybe like a rainbow type foil. Yeah, like a something like a Yu Gi Oh foil. Yeah, foil but I, I think I think there it's if you do the full art like Magic do, that's more interesting than foiling for me. But mm. that's just me being pedantic. Yeah. <laughs> But at least they are thinking about organised play. Unlike Nintendo, who would smash, who don't want nothing to do with it. Uh, I guess it's um, whatever you feel is your your market, I yeah. guess. It's a bit hard. Uh, anything yeah, else you want to... Organised play. They're trying to serve two masters here. They're trying to get the families to come along and come along every one or two weeks that heads the league and building up points. Um but they're also trying to serve you and me. Yeah. Get in our mid thirties wanting to <laughs> play a competitive game that just happens to have nice Disney art. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a casually competitive player. I play competitively very casually. Um yeah. I think there's a balance with organized play. You could probably do like a whole episode on organized play. Um, we'll see what they'll do. I think I think maybe the pin badges are a bit of a feeler, and then they'll eventually come out and say, actually, you know, these are the these are the kits. Because yeah. I think a kit, like like I said again, flesh and blood have the armory kits. They come with a couple of play mats, entry promos, top right, um, like four coal foil prizes um the actual intention is to use it over the course of a month so 
you, you divide up your entry cards for four weeks. You divide up your, your coal foil prizes. At the end of the month, the winner of the whole thing gets a playmat, and then the other playmat is generally randomly raffled out, or they take a vote. They call it the People's Champion playmat. Yeah. Um, so people would be like, oh, this this new guy who's been here every week, he's never played before, he's done his first four weeks, he's not won a single game yet, here's a playmat pot. Um, you know, and I, I like that, to be honest. We did yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. That sounds like what I'm after in terms of price yeah. support. Um, we did a dice roll at Car Tavern, and Truon won the playmat. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't can't really fault it a but yeah like there's so many different ways of doing it hopefully they'll 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 look at what other people are doing this is just like oh this is just the first thing let's get people on board and then we'll worry about price support after um yeah we'll see but hopefully they'll 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 come up with something like you said play mats are such a they feel like such a big deal play mats yeah they're nice big yeah. 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 Um. So we'll see what happens. Um. But the thing, if... the thing is that because they already have licensed playmats. Yeah. Do you want to put free ones in? I guess. Well, uh, the thing is, they're already making playmats, so just make a few less of a unique design for your prize kit. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not like we said. There's, it's not as if they're running low on things they can put on a playmat. Well, you've know got two hundred and four pieces of art. Yeah, <laughs> and that's just set one. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, yes, yeah, so, and you could get into you could get unique artwork if you wanted if you they felt so inclined to do so. Yeah, it's not as if they're poor and can't afford to get the artists back in. Is that you want to bring up before we get out of here? Just say that even though I may have sounded a bit negative on it, that's only from a purchasing power standpoint. Um, I want to be. I want. I'm very excited to to play the game. Um, I haven't got involved in a trading card game for over a decade. I've stayed away from them. Well, because I haven't idea. lived. Any, well, I haven't lived anywhere near. Um, People. Near anywhere to play to play. So it's not. But this one is summit. I'm excited to get in at day one, and um, hopefully it's. An interesting game and has some good strategy and has good support for quite a while and it doesn't end up in the back of a cupboard. Yeah, I, I said this, didn't I? I'm I'm tempted to buy a box and just shove it in a cupboard, just leave it there and see what happens. Yeah, um, I, w- I want to get a case for like four boxes, but at the if it was eighty pound, it was definitely a, a buy-in. But at a hundred and five a box, it's yeah, it's four hundred and twenty pound, and that's if. I mean, you might find someone that'll do a deal on yeah. bulk purchase, but yeah, four hundred and twenty pounds is is a big ask. Yeah, for, so for I want a game. to be able to play this at a competitive level, but mm. also equally, I want to also have a full full set of the two hundred and four cards. Are you gonna go? Are you gonna go foil and non foil? No, just, just non foils. Gonna... As long as yeah, <laughs> I want it. I want to have a place. I would like to have a play set of each card. Okay, so a master set of yeah. the, the first set. Wow, yeah. that would be... Uh, well, not a master set. It was half master set? I suppose yeah, it's just an on-file play set of everything. Yeah. 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 I think, I think if I'm honest, I think I'll probably still buy the starters 
but I'll maybe just buy two of them, where originally I was going to buy all three. Um, buy the buy the two at release and buy the third one when it, when it goes on sale after a couple of sets have come out. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, but I am I am I am still very tempted by a box. Like I said just to kind of stick in a cupboard. It's not my usual style, but I I think potentially it's a good it's a good proposition. Yeah, um, I'd yeah, I'd like to open open a few and ha- again have one for for the back of the cupboard because I think it's something that's yeah. going to it's going to last long enough that you can get make an investment on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but again, we're being massive hypocrites because we complained about years for people doing this. Yeah, we have. I, I did a whole episode complaining about investors. Yeah. Here's me now saying actually it's just be worth a bit of cash. On a, on a Disney card game. Yeah. Um, but, but on the flip what, side, what I do also do... want to buy cards to play. Yeah. But equally, we're not going to elbow five-year-olds out of the way like people did for Pokemon cards and McDonald's. Oh yeah, ain't doing that. No, people were McDonald's ordering like fifteen Happy Meals. It's like, who are these all for? And they were just like binning the Happy Meals and just taking the card packs. It's yeah. like, what are you doing? I'd have eaten all the Happy Meals. Um, <laughs> I, it, it was a little bit embarrassing driving through the drive-through saying, "Hi, can I have uh, two Happy Meals, please, for me and my son?" <laughs> His son's not in the car. I know he's. At home, no, no, no. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't think it's. I think so that's again equally. Maybe we will be elbowing seven-year-olds if they do McDonald's Lacana cards. Oh my goodness, me! You know they will as well. Hundred percent will do Lacana magic, uh, Lacana um, McDonald's Happy Meal. Might as well, might as well put that on the cards now. That's <laughs> May time, twenty twenty-four. Disney Locana Happy Meal cards. It's happening. Preview set two. <laughs> yeah, be awful. Um, cool. So, um, before we get out of here, I'll leave the uh, floor open if you want to throw any uh, socials and things like that. So you can find me on Twitter at King Jimmy J I M E H. There's not a lot going on on there except me complaining about. Uh, the world wonderful right um big boss book club on instagram um facebook and hive social if you care enough to uh, remember it and um um big boss 010 on twitter thank you so much for listening we've been talking disney locana i'm big boss we are out peace <laughs>